Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. So summer vibes. Um, I, I I was like on Monday, like man, what am I going to preach? I've I've been wrestling with what to what to do the next couple weeks here, and um, it felt like my quiver was almost empty. And I, I kind of I keep this journal of, of messages and sermons and series. It's this huge journal I type out, and it's like it's honestly becomes my fallback plan. And some of them I'm just marinating. Some of them are just like a good steak marinating, you know, like my hamburgers that I have marinating right now in the fridge just waiting uh, to have spontaneous combustion on my grill, all right? But, but sometimes I have those, and some of them are for later, some of them, and I get to Monday, I'm like, man, what's, what am I going to preach Sunday? So I start going through that, and, and when we were in Charleston, South Carolina, we, we, we walked by this store, this swimwear store called Chubby's. I almost went in, but we didn't have time. So anyway, I've been seeing them a bunch on Instagram advertising, and uh, they had all these inflatables up in their window storefront. I was like, man, that would be so fun to do that on the stage and do like a summer series. So we all start, all of us pastors, we start like brainstorming and say, man, it could be this. Think about summer. And we start thinking about like the cookouts and the picnics and the feel, the, the, the spontaneity of, of summer and the, fe- the joy you know, just the excitement, the pool parties, the, the, the bonfires, and all that stuff that we in our culture around here do in the summer. Vacation, you know. So we talked about, like, like the community, the family aspect of picnics. And so we started doing this. So we get to, I get to Monday, I don't have any. I get to Tuesday, I'm like, oh, man, I still don't know. Wednesday morning, 5 in the morning, I'm at the airport. I was like, I'm doing it. This is our plans for the girls this weekend. So I order all this on Amazon. Me and the girls, we had a couple random helpers for a minute. uh, But me and the girls, we came. We blew all these up. We set it up. I'm like, I'm launching it. We're just doing this thing. So today is going to be the launch of the summer series that will bring us through part of August. uh, That's called Summer Vibes. And uh, really, it's just about the fun, the creativity, the goodness of summer. All right? But there is a point of summer. And there is a, a link that connects heaven to summer, summer to heaven, summer to Jesus. So we're going to get through that today. And then throughout each week, you might, you might come in here and we might just be talking about a bonfire and the fire of God. I don't know. We don't, we don't know what's next week yet, but we will. We will. I promise. Um, but anyway, just, just a few things here. Um, informally, summer uh, is, is between nestled in between two holidays. We in our culture really know summer between Memorial Day, Labor Day. Right? It's when the pools open and close. Memorial Day to Labor Day. But officially, summer just launched on Thursday. So I'm like, perfect. We'll just launch this thing the week of summer. And now for me, it feels like I've already been in summer four weeks, especially that week of like 95 degrees. And around Memorial Day, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hot. So, but anyway, so summer just launched. But, but here's the thing of, of summer. It is nestled in between two holidays. And, and how many know that there's a party in heaven? Like, if you think about all the celebrations of heaven, and you think about even when one sinner repents, the Bible says that angels in heaven rejoice. If you think about the prodigal son, and you think about when he returned, the father said, my son was lost, now he's found. Bring the fatted calf, we're going to throw a party, right? You think about the marriage celebrations. You think about when the, when the groom returns for the bride, when Jesus returns, there's a party. 
And there's a constant party in heaven. And, and summer's nestled here, at least in this, in this hemisphere, between Memorial Day and Labor Day, essentially. And there, that's two parties that we celebrate things for. And then it should be a party in between there. Like, it should be fun. Like, it should be really, really good. And I'm not saying we don't work. Okay, for instance, if you are thinking, if you have children under the age of 18 and you're taking a vacation, let's just say you're not going to get rest and rejuvenation. You're not going to get more sleep, all right? You're going because you want your family to have fun and you're going to reconnect with your family and learn your kids on another level without as much distraction. But you up in that pool making sure none of them drown, making sure the waves in the ocean don't take them away to mighty creatures, all right? There is not a vacation with little kids. So for me, I don't go on vacation for rest and, and to rejuvenate. Like, I'm waking up at the butt crack of dawn to see the sunrise so I can have at least some Jesus time before all these little crazy-haired girls get up out of their bed and we go to the beach all day. Like, that's me. So it is not this, this fun thing, but it, it's not this restful thing, but it's this fun thing. And that's, for me, summer's like this party, and it's not to say I don't work at the fire department. I don't take the whole summer off, but there's a spontaneity. So we're just going to get into it, and, and let me just read this verse. Song of Songs 2, 11 through 13. And I want to just talk about this, this transition, this moment of time that we're in. Listen, one of the things that, that I want to make sure, and I just want to encourage you, especially with kids, you know, I'm getting a taste of this. My, my wife stays at home with the kids. We're super blessed that she has the opportunity to do that. And it, we, we don't take that for granted. And, uh, you know, it's easy for me to say what I'm about to say. But for her, who's with them day in and day out, she may feel a little bit less of what I feel. I don't want to fast forward through summer and get to the end just to get them to school. Like, I, I, I want to live in this moment. It's not just about the end. It's also about the means. It's, it's our walk with the Lord. It's our, it's our process. Like, I don't want to get through the summer and say, okay, I, you know, we just got to get through the summer, and then the kids go back to school, and then I can have my time back. No, let's create our culture. Let's create our atmosphere. Let's create our home in such a way that I want time to stop. My kids are at this amazing age between, like, 3 and 11 years old. So I get the, the best of all worlds. I, I get like this girl who's maturing into a young lady and who has some amazing attitude already at, at, at every once in a while. But I get this little three-year-old who's got the brightest little blue eyes who just like, I went to wake her up for church this morning and, and, and I get down and I'm rubbing her back. I'm like, it's time for church. It's, it's church morning. And, and she just literally latches onto my neck and just pulls me in to her. Like, I want time to stop. I don't want to just get through this season of my life, whether that's this year, this, this decade, this summer, whatever that might be. I'm, I'm preaching this message in a time of a, 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 a space and time. It's not just for three months. And I don't want to fast forward. I want to enjoy the process. I want to enjoy the means, not just the end. Like, I know, because I've heard so many of you who love me so much say, don't waste the time you have with your kids because you're going to blink and they're going to be graduating high school. They're going to be graduating college. They're going to be getting married. Don't waste this time and these opportunities now because it's going to go too fast. Can I get an amen from the key people with adult children? So this is, this is where we're at. So... So anyway, this is the verse. It says, look, the winter is past. Now, I legit possibly was starting to consider hell might freeze over this winter. It was terrible. 
all right? The last winter we had this bad. On the coldest two weeks, once I was in Cuba and once I was in Atlanta, all right? Matt's sending me pictures of them going back and forth on the four-wheeler of all the snow, and it was like minus 10 degrees or something, all right? My pipes, you know, at the church were, were turning on all the faucets, and I'm sitting here in Cuba in the beach, all right? So I've missed a, a, a bad one, but I was here this year, and it was terrible, and uh, so, but anyway, here it says, look, the winter is past and the rains are over and gone. The flowers are springing up. The season of singing birds has come and the cooing of turtle doves fills the air. The fig trees are forming young fruit. We're going to get back to that. Listen, I didn't wear this shirt just because it looks cool, okay? I wore it. One, it was a great Father's Day present. And two, it goes with today's sermon about bearing fruit. And some of you may know I have a little, little liking to pineapples. So, Anyway, it's this thing to where it's, it's a season of bearing fruit, and we're going to get there. All right, so it says, the fig trees are forming young fruit, and the fragrant grapevines are blossoming. Rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair one. Let me take you to Psalms 96.1. says this, and they began to sing this prophetically in a song. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. We go to Revelations 21, verse 5. It says, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making all things. I'm making everything new. Amen. And then he said to me, write this down, for I tell you it's trustworthy and true. We launched the year saying that it was going to be a season of, of breakthrough. And let me just tell you, some of you may felt like you've come from a year, a season, maybe five years of breakdowns. And, and we just declared that as a church, somewhere nestled between the breakdown and the breakthrough is always a transition. Sometimes that's always a hard place. And, and let me just say, like, sometimes the hardest places have the greatest breakthroughs. Sometimes in those biggest mistakes are our greatest growth seasons. All right? You look at Joseph, and it was the time in the prison. It was the time in the pit. It was that revelation of who he was. It's, it's, if you look at David and the hardship that he went through. If you look at Elijah, the time in the cave, and then it was the still, soft voice that pulled him out. It wasn't the storms, and it wasn't the fire. It wasn't these things that, that typically move us in a church. It wasn't the goosebumps. It wasn't vapors, all right? It was the still, soft voice of the Father's love that pulled Elijah out of this cave. So here, I like what Joseph Garlington, and I mentioned this when we preached a message on this, you know, he says we're meant to go from faith to faith, glory to glory, upgrade to upgrade, but sometimes there's hell in the hallway. Like, that place where you feel like you're just about, it can't get any worse, that place where you feel like it, things are just bad, all of a sudden, boom, that's when your breakthrough comes. That's when the things say, oh, wow, this is what happened. And listen, that, that's the time where God has not forgot about you. Let me just remind you, God has not forgot about you. God has not forsaken you. Zephaniah 3.17 says that you are his happy thought. He said he rejoices and he delights over you. Like this is a message of joy. The summer is a time of joy. We need to be in a season of joy. And I just believe this, although weeping may last through a night, joy comes in the morning. And today I'm just declaring like the season is behind us to where to say that now joy can come in the morning. And this is the morning season. This is our season of morning that the warfare is over, that we get to walk in the joy fair. We get to walk in the adventure of a summer season. We get to walk in the adventure of the summer vibe of resting. Let me just, let me just put it this way. Like summer's a, a time of just like spontaneity and rest and fun and all these things where we change plans. If it's raining, we don't go to the pool that day. We go, we go to the aquarium, you know? So, so it's this time of rest. Listen, think about it this way. And Jesus' last day of creation was your first day of existence in a day of rest. 
You got to come into this earth and actually learn on your first full day of existence what rest was. Now, summer is, is going to come to an end, and we're going to get back to the hustle and bustle and buying school supplies and relaunching. In our mindset, there's seasons that launch us into new programs, new things, new school years. And that is September when we go into school year, and it's again in January when we launch a new year. So if, if, us, if you weren't working hard enough or performing hard enough or striving enough coming fall, then all of a sudden we get another relaunch to go into performance in January. And let's just go on a diet then. I did. I flew. I've been flying a lot lately, and uh, I'm high. I'm so high. I'm so flying. I'm high on Jesus. Come on, guys. Lighten up a little bit. So, so anyway, I'm like, we were going to fly Allegiant. And, like, you pay for everything on Allegiant. And I'm like, listen, I've lost 41 pounds. I shouldn't have to pay for a bag to check that's 40 pounds. Like, give me that free or else I'll, I'll fill up that seat. So, anyway, it didn't work. Let me, let me get back to this. Listen, this, this season of transition, there's this place in time to where, like, somewhere nestled in between the brokenness, the breakdown, the breaking, is this transition for the breakthrough. Listen, I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not yet where I'm supposed to be. That's a beautiful thing. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not yet where I'm supposed to be. Listen, I may not have it all there, but I got some of it there. I may not be all the way there, but I'm partially there. And that's the thing. We're all process. We're all in progress. We're all this, this worksmanship that God's crafted and created to always strive and always be hungry for the mysteries of God. Like when I hear Sue yell out in worship, part of me, it scares me at first. Then all of a sudden, or, or Brittany who yells, all of a sudden I'm like, they just discovered a new aspect of Jesus. Or Kenny saying, glory, he's discovering a new aspect of worship in Jesus. And all of a sudden, God's revealing something powerful to them in that nanosecond that, wow. Listen, that's what holy, holy, holy is. In Revelation 4, holy, 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 this is the worship of heaven. Holy, every holy is a new aspect revealed to them of the nature and the goodness and the, the, the wonder of God. Listen, so when we, when we have these screams and these shouts and these victories or these dances or the art or the flags, listen, there is a new revelation of holy being administered to this place. There's a new revelation of holy every time we glance at Jesus and every time we do it, we catch his eye. Worship is not just for the angels. It's, it's not just for the, the, the four living creatures with all these eyeballs on, them, on Jesus who can't take their eyes off them. Like worship is the season of time for us always. This is not a change of seasons. Worship is not a change of seasons. It's not one of the four seasons that we get to experience. It's all the time. Matt, I, I always threaten. I'm like, I'm going to move to St. Lucia. It's beautiful there. I'm going to buy a house there. Matt's like, you're going to miss the four seasons. Matt was in the military, and he's like, I was like, no, I won't. I only need summer. Summer's my favorite now. Like, a few years back, every year that I get older, like, summer becomes my favorite season. It used to be fall. You have football, one great thing. You have Broomball's Apple Farm, another great thing. And you have hunting season, which is the greatest thing, okay? And those three things combined give me heaven on earth. Now, up in heaven, you might want the streets of gold that you can burn out with Lamborghinis, all right? I plan on doing that. 
Those of you snow lovers, there's probably some slopes off at one end of heaven. You can just go take your slopes and, and do your snow thing. I might visit there occasionally. But I'm probably going to, re- and I might even go visit the deer ranches with the deer stands I already put up, all right? But I'm going to be up in heaven on these beautiful beaches that we can't even realize what the, even the colors of the oceans are yet that are up there, all right? That's just me. That's going to be in heaven. But Matt's like, you will miss the four seasons. I'm like, no, I won't. He's like, yeah, you will. He was, spent some time in Cuba, and he began to miss. The first thing he missed, he says, was the four seasons. But God's a God of seasons, and there's something that's beautiful about, about summer. So let me, let me just tell you what's going on here. Let me define summer for you, okay? Here's, here's one of the definitions. The season between spring and autumn, a period of hot, usually sunny weather, glory, a whole year represented by a season. There's some cultures that will say she's 17 summers old, okay? Here's, here's another one. The period of finest development, perfection, or beauty previous to any decline. That's a definition of summer. The period of finest development, per- perfection, or beauty previous to any decline. And then here's, here's another one. To keep, feed, manage, or grow. So here, here's the thing with summer. My wife's families are, are farmers, and, um, and, and I know a little bit about farming. I worked in an apple orchard from the time I was about 10 to 14 years old. Bow Bend Apple Orchard on Route 36 just outside of Bradford, Ohio. It's where I learned how to drive a truck. It's where I learned how to ice skate on frozen ponds, drive dirt bikes, three-wheelers, and become a man. Learn how to hunt rabbits there, too, and track down rabbit dogs that run away and who aren't obedient. But anyway, there's this, there's this season, and what happens is in the winter, we would prune the trees. When they were frozen over, when everything was off the trees, we would prune them in the winter. And then come summer, come spring, you're planting the new trees. You're planting. You get rid of the old that died or something might have diseased it or, or infected it, and you plant the new trees. It's the same thing with farming. So what happens is we, the, all these seasons are imperable, um, they're, they're required for the growth of our crops. So what happens is, let's say, for instance, winter, the ground is thawing and freezing, thawing and freezing. So what's happened is the seed, say from a tree or grass seed, it's, it, it, it covers the ground. The other things that cover the ground are the waste, the leaves that fell off the trees or the crops, that, that, that old foliage from the, the corn that, that just got shucked onto the field. These are the things. They go down into the earth through the winter. They're worked into the earth, and they become nitrogen, and they become a food and a fuel source for the seeds that were also there. So what happens is through the thawing and the freezing, they get worked down, and a, a little layer of dirt gets put over them. Are, are you with me? I'm not an expert at this. This is just what I know. And then comes spring. It, it rains. And all of a sudden, you see, even if no one touched anything in a forest, you see, you ever see many leaves in a forest? No, because they got decomposed in the dirt and became the nitrogen and the food source for the seeds that were planted. And then you see a little sprout. That rains. the same thing. The farmers work hard during the winter to, 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 to get their machinery and get everything back in order. Then they work in the spring to sow into the ground. They plant. Then they fertilize. And then they, I just saw out here just a couple weeks ago, they sprayed all the weeds. And then what happens is the summer, that's a time of rest. Summer, they're making sure everything's ready. They're checking on the crops. They're checking on things to make sure the weed control worked. I'm a beekeeper. And in the, in the spring, it's, it's kind of hard work. 
We put sugar water out. We put a little vitamins in there. We make sure the bees are cared for. If we had one swarm, we replace them in the spring. And then all I do in the summer, I just go peek on those bad boys. Every once in a while, I just go like to fire them up just for fun, just because I get to say I get to do something not many people get to do, and I love just a little bit of thrill and danger. So every once in a while, I won't even tuck in my hood. I'll just go do that. Yeah, I got zapped doing that. I'm a little more careful now. So anyway, I go, I just check on them. But then what happens is in the fall, what I get to do is I get to take that top box like, thanks, fellas, this one's mine. And I take those top boxes, and I wrap them up, and I take them to my cousins. We extract the honey. I get about four or five gallons of honey every year. That's reaping of the harvest of what I, what, I, what I sowed into in the spring. Now, the summer, that was the time. See, see, listen, Paul puts it this way. He says, I plant a seed, Apollos waters a seed, but then what's he say in the scripture? He says, who grows the seed? God. God gets to grow the seed. And that's, that's the thing. So it's seed, time, and harvest. Let me, let me bring you through a couple things. Psalm 74, 1 through 17 says this. It was you who opened up springs and streams. You dried up ever-flowing rivers. The day is yours. Yours is also the night. You established the sun and moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. God created this thing. He created joy. He created peace. He created these seasons that we get to enjoy them. He did not create cancer He did not create a season that involves cancer or divorce or bankruptcy or debt or depression. Like, he didn't create that. But those who love God and are called according to his purpose, everything works out. Romans 8, 28. Genesis 50, 20, what the enemy means for destruction, God will use for good. So so Jesus, he's, he's sitting there resting in the finished work on the seventh day. Also, when he came back to the earth on the cross, he's pinned up on the cross, and what's he say? It is finished. This is what the Savior is saying. It's finished. What? The finished work. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I'm just like, I'm I'm just like shotgunning you a ton of scripture right now. The joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Listen, he wants a party. He wants a party. He's okay with us indulging in this season of fun, in a season of rest, in a season of actually planting into the ground too. Like, it doesn't have to come with, with, with trying to earn, but, it, but he's not opposed to a little bit of effort. Like, ask and the door will be opened. He withholds nothing for those who seek him. This is not a hard thing. Like, like picking apples is pretty easy when the fruit's just hanging freely there. It's really easy. We don't have to get up in a cherry picker to try to reach Jesus. We don't have to get just the leftovers and the rotten apples on the ground. We get to just like, oh, it's free-hanging fruit. Boom, that's for me. Yep, that's joy. That's peace. Oh, wow, look, that's kindness and gentleness. Oh, wow, look, there's self-control. I'm quoting this fruits of the Spirit in case you didn't know that. So then when we're squeezed and no matter what season we're in, in that depth, in that hallway that might be called hell, in that transition period, when we're squeezed, that's the stuff that should come out because we're so full of him and so full of his goodness and so full with his Spirit that those things get to come out. Let me, let me move on here. Here's some points of summer, okay? So you might hear some of this coming up in the next several weeks. All right? One, open roads, explorations, sunsets, and sunrises. Our days are the longest right now. And I love sunsets and sunrises. Some of you are like, like OCD right now. Why is he not saying sunrises, sunsets? I don't know. So we'll just switch it. Sunrises and sunsets. Okay, actually, the, your day actually starts at night, according to the Bible. Just saying. 
So I love these things. I love waking up early. I love being able to drive to work right now and it's daylight and I'm seeing the sun come up versus going into work when it's dark and you get off work when it's dark. I'm like, oh, now 9, 9.30 comes around. Oh, man, what a beautiful sunset. You know, we do these crazy things. I'll, I'll get to it. Number two, free time and spontaneity. Most of us, typically, because of the schedule of schools, have a bit more free time in the summer. Many of us do. Number three, rest and relaxation. I already covered that one. Number four, pleasure, not pressure. Nicole wants a pressure cooker, like one of those, like, I guess it's like a crock pot on steroids. I don't know. I've heard. I'm like, you will not use it. That will sit in the cabinet with all the other ten things you've bought to say you're going to cook better food. She's not here. I can... No, she's actually a tremendous cook. Um, I'm, 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 I'm blessed by that. <laughs> Maybe even cursed a little bit. Number five, play and adventure. Here, here's, here's the cool thing about summer being play and adventure. We've done this for years, and it's one of the fun things. We've not talked about it in a long time. We do this thing called the crazy shoe drive, all right? So what we do is we tell the girls, we're like, get the craziest shoes you want and meet us in the car. So right now, around a sunset, we'll be like, let's go to the car. If it's random or we're bored or it's like tense or we're starting to bicker or fight, we'll be like, crazy shoe drive. So the girls, they'll come out with like these princess like high heels. Chloe, she'll, go, she'll just go rooting through Nicole's closet and get the highest like, what do you call those, Stella heels or something? Stilettos, yeah, that. And, and, you're, and you're thinking, and she left him with four daughters this week? So anyway, one will have that and one will have like, like a house, like a, a, a slipper on. You know, I'll get like dress shoes and then a flip-flop. And, this is, and then we just go. That's the adventure. That's the fun. That's the play of summer. We get to do that. And that's how we should be living life all the time. Not so serious. There is a time of weeping, but there's also a time of laughter. That's the thing. God gives us permission for all the range of emotions. That's why we never try to control anything in our worship service. If they can do it in football games, we can do it in the church. Amen. All right? Like, there's a time of weeping. Weep with those who weep, and there's a time of laughing. Laugh with those who laugh. It is this range of emotions that we get permission to weep, but we also get permission to laugh and be full of joy. Why? Because in his presence is the fullness of what? Joy. Quoting scripture. All right. Number six, making memories, new experiences, and creating stories. Number seven, seed time and harvest. Listen, this is the time between the seed time and the harvest time. I believe the harvest is getting so easy in the kingdom. Like, it is getting so easy. People are almost running into churches, running to altars, running into people to ask, how do I be saved? It's this crazy season we're experiencing. People are running us to, up to us in malls. How do I get saved? Out of nowhere. There is a great, great harvest season going on right now. There's a shift in an atmosphere. People are hungering for God. They're hungering for, for his presence, and we don't, we're just walking in it. It's so easy to plant those seeds and water those seeds right now because God's bringing the harvest. All right, so seed time and harvest. Go with me to Genesis 8, 20 through 22. We're going to end on this. This is closing, guys. Woo! Closing number one. Here we go. I'm like looking at my notes to see if I preached much of it, and I'm like, I've hit every point. This is amazing. 
we about done. All right, Genesis 8, 20 through 22 says this. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now listen, this is my point. Worship grabs his attention. Noah is off the boat here. He's offering up the sacrifice. He's worshiping. And then here's what happens. It says, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Listen, I was driving home uh, this week, and I was really, like, questioning, why did I go to Texas? And, and all I did was, got a lot of circumstances, Nicole's gone, I'm probably extra sensitive right now with Nicole being gone, <laughs> a lot less sleep, I skipped a night's sleep to go to Texas, pretty much. Um, so anyway, I'm driving home, I forgot my lunch at, from, uh, to take to work, so I was driving home just to pick it up to go to a meeting. And uh, this plate was two things of ribs, thanks Robert Mirando, and a leftover steak. Now that's a bachelor's lunch. Let me just tell you, there was no green on that plate, and I'm proud of that. Sorry, Rachel. So, so anyway, <laughs> she's the vegetarian in the house. I have to tease her every once in a while. So anyway, um, I'm on my way home, and I simply just said, thank you, Jesus. Like, that's all that I said, is to thank you, Lord. And all of a sudden, like, something began to just, like, you know, erupt in my spirit, like, just come out. And I remember just, think, just saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. All of a sudden, before I know it, like, I'm weeping and crying. I'm yelling, thank you, Lord, and I'm driving. And thankfully, I got into my driveway okay. And I get in my driveway, and all of a sudden, like, I just began to yell, like, thank you, Jesus. And, and my windows were up. It was cool. Neighbors are a little far away. I'm just like getting moved and wrecked by the heart of worship, by the heart of his presence, just by who he is. Like nothing matters. Like my wife being gone doesn't matter right now. My work doesn't matter right now. Nothing matters. Just, just thank you, Jesus. All of a sudden, my aroma began to smell pleasing to the Lord because I'm just offering up thanks and praise and worship, not for anything at all. I had nothing. I wasn't like thanking him for any situation. I wasn't thanking him for, I was just saying, thank you, Lord, for being Lord. Just worshiping, like that's what worship is. It's just adoring him for who he is, not what he's doing. That's praise. Just adoring him for who he is. And that's, so all of a sudden this, this time met and it's just like, boom. That's why I was in Texas. To keep things in perspective. My continual prayer isn't that there be more people here. I don't pray for more people. I don't pray for more programs. I don't pray for, for more ministries to erupt. I pray for more of God's presence, and I simply pray that my heart will stay tender. That's my prayer. My prayer isn't that I'll be the greatest leader in the region. It's not that I'll have the greatest influence. It's like, God, keep my heart pure and tender. And in that, you grab God's attention, and everything else flows and comes from that. Listen, if our heart for this summer is just to say, God, let us have more of you. Let us have just more of your presence, more of your rest, more of your goodness, more of your joy. That's the season of summer, and it's not talking about just three months. I'm talking about that's the season, that's summer. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff just comes. So here, here we come here. It says, then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and the day and night shall not cease. Listen, 
Noah's worship in this season of summer, the summer vibe was a season of worship where he just offered up worship. And then God says, listen, I'm never going to curse the land. Your aroma is pleasing to me. He grabbed God's attention with just simply worship. He says, you'll always have winter. You'll always have summer. And you'll always have night and day and cold and hot. I'll never strike the land again. Don't you stand with me. The best thing about summer is the fruit actually grows in the summer. Um, how many have gardens in here? Anybody have gardens or an attempt at a garden? A few of you. Some of you much better than others. We have a little thing going outside the church here. We're thinking that may eventually lead into a community garden, which will be really fun to help navigate through and uh, bless people. So, so anyway, here's the thing. My dad always had a garden, this big garden. My grandpa always did. I did not get that generational blessing, all right? I can't keep anything alive. I, it's, I love landscaping. I do well at that. But gardening, like everything runs into everything. I don't like weeding because um, my, my thing for landscaping is I just spray Roundup. Thistle be gone in the name of Jesus. That's my gardening. So, but you can't do that in a garden, right? So, so anyway, you have zucchini, right? And the thing about zucchini, you plant it, you weed the garden, you kind of, you look at it, you make sure it's growing out the vines and stuff. And then at the end of the season, you're like, okay, I got zucchini, you got little ones, you got the flowers coming, you got the little ones, you got the bigger ones. And then you got these mammoth ones. This is the thing about the season. This season of rest, this season of joy, this season of goodness is actually the season where the fruit's growing. And, and sometimes it's in our hardest season. Sometimes it, it, is, it is the most challenging seasons. But that's the season where the fruit's growing. And that's like you could pick that zucchini here. But then if you just wait a little longer, if you just press in a little longer, that zucchini gains a little more flavor and gets about that big. You're like, yeah, now it's ready. <laughs> it's like strawberries. You know, you can pick them when they're this little. But just before the bugs get them and they start to turn soft, you let them grow just a little more, and that's when they're full of flavor. I am good at strawberries. I can do that well. Listen, that's, that's the season we're in. And let me just tell you about seed, time, and harvest. I'm going to end with this, with this really quick, somewhat quick story. We were part of Revive Ohio, and we partnered for the Miami County one, and it was a blessing to us. It was a blessing to our communities, a blessing to the churches who got involved and so much unity in it. And what happens is with that, you, you, you meet daily and you go out on the streets and you reveal the goodness of God to people. Uh, you take them through a process to, to hopefully lead them to a born-again salvation experience. So before that, that day we were going to go out, I, I had a dream that night that woke me up. And this dream, I, there was this man, he had a beard, he had earrings, uh, I, every detail. It was, it was like I was living it real life, that vivid of a dream. And I began to just have these this ministry words for him and, and just talk about his wife's daughter. And 20 years ago, there was a fork in the road and, and all these things, right? So I end up um, coming into the, the next day and I said, hey, I had this really vivid dream and I had this cool thing. And uh, I'm just saying this might sound weird, but if we see a guy that looks like this, and I described every detail of this man. If we see a guy that looks like this, it might be God. We should probably try to talk to him. Okay. So we go out. There's four or five of us going out. And all of a sudden, we see this man exactly as the dream. It was the man that was in my dream. How many believe that God will speak through dreams? Like, he'll grab your attention. He'll speak in so many ways. So all of a sudden, I start talking. I was like, listen, I, 
I had a dream last night, and, and you were the guy. Do you mind if I just share with what I shared last night in my dream? Would that be too weird for you? No, no, go ahead. I said, listen, 20 years ago, there was a fork in the road, and, and, you, and there was this path that, that did this, this, and this, and, and I said, that, that wasn't God in that. And just revealing the father's heart to him and loving on him. I said, and also there's a situation that happened to your wife's daughter. And again, I'm not for privacy, for his confidence, it's his story. But for my part, just saying very vivid things, about five to ten minutes worth of stuff. All of a sudden, you know, this guy's crying, this big dude. He's crying. And he's just like, man, he's like, you're not going to believe this. Everything you said is true. I got in a car accident 20 years ago. I had to have a surgery. It was a fork in the road because then I got addicted to pain medication. Then I became a heroin addict. And he, and he started having all this stuff. He's like, and I said, but listen, God is telling, he's reminding you today that that's done. Like, like he is that powerful. He's that good. He loves you that much. But he sent a whole team to remind you that he thinks you're amazing, that he's got your stuff, like he's got your back. And he's like, dude, you're not going to believe this. Last night, and he was with my friend who's named Aaron, who's a, who's a really cool guy. He said, he said, you're not going to believe this. Last night, I gave my heart to Jesus, and I got saved. He led me to salvation. Now this is just revealing. Last night, it was revealed to me that I love Jesus. Now it's being revealed to me that Jesus loves me. Listen, that seed, time, and harvest. Aaron, the other Aaron planted a seed. He was saved. And then God used us, our team, to water the seed, only to reveal the goodness, the kindness, and the power and the love of Jesus. Now I want to see the harvest. What's he doing now? I can't wait to run into him and meet him again. Like, what's he doing now? Now is the harvest time. It's the fruitful season. It's the, is it, it's the, it's the bare fruit season. That's, that's what summer is. Let's have fun. Let's do this. Let me pray for you, and then we'll do a fun activation. Jesus, I thank you for this season. I thank you for miracles. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Getting the things we don't deserve, not getting the things we do deserve. God, I thank you for just how awesome you are. I thank you for the fruitful season. I thank you for the transitions. I thank you that the warfare is over, that we can walk in the joy fair. I thank you that although weeping may have lasted through a night or a season, that joy is here right now this morning. That joy is here. Joy is now, and it's ours to grab. It's the fruit of your spirit, and we choose joy today. We choose joy, even as James says, we choose joy even in our trials, because there's a building in that. So we choose joy today, and we thank you for that. So good. Let us have the summer vibes throughout the rest of our life. You didn't die just to give us a boring life or just eternity one day in heaven. You died so that we may have abundant life here on earth right now. Let us feel the feeling of summer and the goodness that comes with that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, 1 Corinthians, let me just summarize for the sake of time because we're a little late. Let me just, just say 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, and, and into verses 2 and 3. It talks about seek after all the gifts. And it says, especially love. And then it says this. It says to, to basically, if you pray in tongues, it's, it's in the spirit, and only God understands, man doesn't understand. But if you prophesy, it says if you prophesy, man understands. And it says it's for the edifying, uplifting, encouragement, and strengthening of people. So prophecy, I don't want to scare you with that, that, that big word if you're not used to that word or it's been abused in your life or, or in your past history with church. All right? Prophecy was actually intended to uplift, encourage, edify, comfort, strengthen. That's what prophecy's for. So we're going to partner up in here. If you want to have real fun, go to somebody you don't know. And if not, if you're new here or you're not used to this, uh, maybe your spouse or somebody you're close to. Here's what I want you to do. 
let me, let me change the language here and tell you what prophecy is. I want you to compliment people for the next minute and a half, all right? An encouraging word. That's what it is. We'll just disguise it and say, why don't you give somebody around you an encouraging word and let them give you an encouraging word for the next minute and a half, okay? So about 45 seconds each person. And if you don't know how to do it, simply say, I love the color of your eyes. So God created that. All you're doing, let me, let me just, one more thing before you, before you do this, and then we'll dismiss after this. All you're doing is calling out what heaven's already seeing that you may not be seeing in yourself. That's what prophecy is. So just take a minute, trade an encouraging word, trade an uh, uplifting word. 